Thanks for listening to the River Claremont podcast. We pray you are encouraged by today's message. For more information or to stay connected with what's happening at the river, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the River Claremont. But we are here to redeem the times, which means we don't just buy a cabin in the middle of Alaska and hide away waiting for the great by and by. While I'm here, I have an assignment, and my assignment is to bring heaven to earth. If you're with me, say amen. Amen. Heaven is my destination. My assignment is to bring it here. Who believes that you are a carrier of God's presence? I believe it too. So in this series, we talked about how the enemy is an enemy of deception, the war in the mind, the soul versus the spirit. Or the struggle is real, but in the spirit there is no struggle. Amen. Amen. So if you learn to live in the spirit realm, will you tread on serpents? You crush the head of the enemy. You have joy. You have peace. You have wisdom beyond your years. Thank God for that. Amen. Amen. Yesterday or two days ago, I informed my children I was going to shave my beard. (laughs) Oh, man, people were like, (laughs) sometime. You're spending, what is that? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to shave it right now, you know what I'm saying? I'm wait till the winter's over with. <laughs> but my, my youngest pipes in right away. Don't do that. People will leave the church. She said, you used to look like a child who spoke with no authority. She's 11. Where do you get this from? (laughs) You used to look like a child who spoke with no authority. Get out of here, you're 11. What's the matter with you, eh? (laughs) Thank God for wisdom beyond our years. Amen. Thank God for the ease of the Spirit of God. You know, I I used to really, like... Every time I had to speak, it was like a war within me where I was begging and pleading, God, show up, please show up. Like, I mean, every time, like, God, I don't want to be here if you don't want to be here. I mean, just warring. And I remember one day here in this church when I just had a revelation, he's faithful. Like, he's always going to show up. I'm the one that's in question, and I'm here, so it must be okay right now. Amen. Amen. The faithfulness of God is beyond question. You cannot question God's faithfulness. He's the faithful one. And so thank God for his presence. Amen. Amen. And where his presence is, well, depression has to go. Thank God for that. I knew a guy that used to struggle with depression, heavy depression. He was my roommate in Bible college. He He was a shorter man, a man of short stature. Not quite a midget. <laughs> One of my life goals, and I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I really want a midget friend. <laughs> so I'm praying one here. <laughs> Truly I am. You're not a midget. I went to midget wrestling, and I shook hands with one of them, and I didn't wash that hand for three days. My friend was a man of short stature that led him to have depression. 
for whatever reason, and literally suicidal thoughts. And so he plotted and planned to take his life, I believe he even tried to, and then he met the Lord and totally radically got saved, but he still struggled with that heaviness. And one day in prayer, he asked the Lord, how do I beat this thing? And the Lord said, I want you to rise tomorrow morning and I want you to thank me for everything and that you come across. Just start thanking me. So he rose in the morning, thank you God for a toothbrush to brush my teeth. Who is grateful for toothbrushes? You know what I'm saying? You ever have that time? Like you stayed at a hotel, forgot the toothbrush, you got the milk film on the teeth from the latte you just had, and you're like, you rub it and you can feel the bumps. You know what I'm saying? You're like, man, I want to need a toothbrush. Thank God for toothbrushes, right? I mean, years ago, we didn't have toothbrushes. People just let their teeth rot out. Who's grateful for teeth? I mean, let's talk about it. Who's grateful for what teeth you have left? Who's grateful for a dentist that can put fake teeth in? Who's thankful for the Lord that can put brand new teeth in? Amen. So he was like, thank you, Lord, for toothpaste. Thank you, Lord, for toothbrushes. Thank you, Lord, for a car to drive. Thank you, Lord, for a job to go to. Thank you, Lord, for a paycheck. Thank you, Lord, for friends. And by noon the next day, he was so happy, like he was busting forth with joy. And we actually called him Buddy the Elf. For two reasons. He was short and because he was so happy. Amen. And so he was so happy in the middle of the night, I shared a room. When you're in Bible school, this isn't doctrine, but for some reason it was my life. I didn't have any money the whole time I'm going after the Lord, you know. And um, so we shared three dudes had one bedroom apartment. We had two beds and we slept in shifts. And he would sleep and snore so loud, and one night at 2 o'clock in the morning, I drilled him with a pillow as hard as I could, because I was tired, you know what I'm saying? And so as soon as I hit him, it woke him up in the middle of the night. I mean, anybody that's ever been roughly woken up, wake, wake, woken up, wake, awakened, we always have a grammar lesson mixed in with church, you know. That would be a declarative sentence, for those of you wondering. <laughs> And uh, actual fact, another word trivia, I bet you didn't know this, but the plural of beef is beeves. Did you know that? Who in here has ever heard anybody correctly use the word beeves in a sentence? All right, moving on. Useless information, moving on. That's so clever. Drilled him with a pillow at 2 o'clock in the morning. You know how he woke up? Like not who hit me with a pillow. He woke up and straight out of the deep sleep, glory, thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. I was like, you have got to be kidding me, bro. I just pounded you with a pillow and you're praising the Lord right now. Dude was always happy, still happy, you know. Married a wife, twice as tall as him, but she's great. And on fire for the Lord. So cultivate an attitude of gratitude, amen. Thank you, Jesus, for the small. Thank you, Jesus, for the big. So in our series, I want you to turn to Romans chapter 8, verse 14. This is the third part, the third installment of Redeeming the Times. You are here with an assignment. I want you to walk in that assignment. My calling as a child of God is just to be an encourager to the body of Christ, to let you know you matter. You matter to the body. You matter to the Lord. You matter to this generation. You stepping into everything heaven has for you does make a difference. Come on, somebody. 
Sometimes you got to stir yourself up and remind yourself of fruit because it's easy to get discouraged and feel like, have I done anything that has produced any fruit? But look at lives that you've influenced through faithfulness to the Lord throughout your life. Romans 8, 14 through 17 says, as many as are led, say led, led. by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage, again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. We are, as many as are led by the spirit, they're the sons of God. The sons of God are the joint heirs with Christ. If you're a joint heir with Christ, then the enemy is defeated and beneath your feet, for Christ has been exalted on high, seated at the right hand of the Father, and given all dominion and authority. And if you are a joint heir, it means you have access to that. Amen. Amen. But the key is being led by the Spirit of God. And I think you have to realize that, that it requires your initiative, your openness, and your willingness to be led. The, in, the Lord is not going to drag you kicking and screaming into your calling, into your assignment, or into the fullness of the Spirit of God, or into revelation and wisdom. He doesn't drag you like a dog on a leash with you dragging your butt on the ground, choking all the way. You need to be led. You have to have a willingness to be led. If you have a willingness to be led, that means that you have a willingness for the Lord to change your plans. Are you with me right now? Have a willingness for God to speak into your life. Maybe and give you something or an assignment or a call or a, a, a responsibility that maybe you weren't leaning into, uh, but you answered the call, you heard it, or you were just led. Or maybe you're going to work and the Lord is just trying to lead you into something that day, but you have to be led. And if you don't let yourself be led and you just close yourself off, as many people wind up doing, saying, Lord, I trust that if you want me to know it, you'll I'll just know it. But it doesn't work that way. There's got to be a leaning into the presence of the Lord in order to hear his voice and, and grab what you need to grab. And we'll get into that a little bit deeper here in a moment, but it requires initiative from you. 1 Corinthians 12, 28-31 says, God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that, miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, administration, varieties of tongues, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, do all have gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret, but earnestly desire the best gifts. Say desire the best gifts. So if you have desire for something, you pursue that thing. I desired Kirsten. I pursued Kirsten. I beat up every guy that came within 10 feet of Kirsten. I threatened a few. Yes, I'm a Christian, but first and foremost, you got to do these things to get your girl. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Jesus did say sell something and buy a sword. He was talking about getting hitched. You know what I'm saying? Fight those ugly dudes off. <laughs> those losers with no calling, with no anointing, trying to get up on your girl. Get up out of here, you loser. You ain't got curly hair like this guy. You ain't got flocks of gold, no. There's someone out there, but this ain't the one. Bye-bye now. Don't let the, the door hit you where the good Lord splits you. Amen. If 
you desire something, you, you, you go after that something. In, in other words, if you desire it, you don't have to be persuaded to pursue it. Because you desire it. If you desire it, you're going to wake up in the morning and you're going to think about what you desire. You're going to go after what you desire. Well, it says desire the best gifts. What are the best gifts? Well, first thing I want to point out, it's interesting to think that many people read that and just instantly think of the nine spiritual gifts of power to the church of Jesus Christ, revelation and all of these things. But he actually lists here apostles, prophets, teachers, helps, ministry, administration, and says desire the best gifts. Desire those gifts in your life. What is God saying? Desire that in your life, you would be a part of the body of Christ. Desire the fullness of what God came to bring. Desire that there would be someone that has 50 years of faithfulness to God that you have access to to speak into your life. Desire that God would open the right doors. Desire that God would give you the opportunity to help. Desire that God would take your administrative gift and pour it into something more than just your household. Come on. Desire that God would let you see healings. Desire that God would let you speak in tongues. Desire all of these gifts. And when we desire these things, then you don't have to be persuaded to be a part of what God is doing. You want to be a part of what God is doing. I've prayed many times, God, you don't have to move through me, but just let me know where you're moving so I can be there. You know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't have to be me, but I want to be there, so just give me the unction so that I'm there. I'll be the usher in the, in the stadium, I'll be the janitor, and I'll do whatever, you, I just want to be where God moves. I never want to be the guy talking about the good old days back when the Lord moved. Great, great effort this morning. Amen. It's all right. But in the desire realm, if you're willing to be led and you have a desire to be led by God, then you have to grab this, that there is an ease to the spirit of God. It's not a striving. You don't strive to get her in, in, enter, enter into the spirit of God. The striving is a work of the flesh. It's a work of the soul. It's the work of the weighing up of I'm not good enough or I can't get there or I need to do this more. I mean, there are people that you've read throughout history that, that get into the, the striving of the flesh so intensely. There's monks that whip themselves for holiness. Right. But you don't have to whip yourself because Jesus bore 39 stripes for you. You know what I'm saying? So they're trying to recreate, as, as, as Paul wrote to the Galatians, you foolish Galatians, what began in the spirit. Now you will perfect in the flesh. You can't perfect it. You can't earn it. It's given freely, but you have to desire it. And how much do you desire it? Do you desire it more than you desire the approval of man, the applause of man, the fame of man, the wealth of the world, or any other rich that, riches that could ensnare your affections? Even a worldly type of spirit that leads you into the party and the revelry and all of that, which pulls people away from God. But if you have a desire for God, then there's an ease that comes with it. I've always said, and I will always stand by, that serving God is literally the easiest life you will ever have. Yeah. But what about the fight? What about the enemy? What about the opposition? He's real. He exists. He does things. But let me tell you something. Serving God gets God on your side. And if God is on your side, who can be against you, church? You are literally more than a conqueror and you are an overcomer. So rejoice, as the Bible says, in all tribulation and trials, knowing this, that it's just working perfectness or perfect endurance on the inside of you. Right. 
So any and everything, as long as you've got the desire, man, I want to be led by you, God. I just don't want to miss you. I just want that. And so if I have to be slower than other people, then I'll be slower than other people. If they get to build something quicker, but I build it slower, but I'm being led by you, then I would rather build it slower right than build it quickly wrong. I would rather have whatever promise you have laid up for me than whatever snare the enemy has laid up for me. And know this, sometimes promises and snares look alike. Are you with me so far? But there's an ease. you got to get the ease of the things of God. That it's not this warring all the time. There are people that, that, that war all the time, man. And so the moment God gives them a breakthrough, they just turn and go the other direction to keep fighting the enemy instead of just embracing the breakthrough moment that you had. When we expanded this, remember the Lord told me that weekend, you've been fighting. You've fought a battle. And we have, bro. I'm not trying to minimize a fight. You know what I'm saying? You do have fights. But I'm saying if you just focus on that, you'll just be so fight-minded, you'll be weary. And the Lord said, you've been fighting this weekend, and from now on, just rejoice in what I'm doing. Yeah. Rest in what I'm doing. Rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. Amen. Man, thank God God is with me. Thank God I know God. Thank God He shows up in my life. But let that ease be with you. Let it be a part of your nature that you're not in a stressful place. That you're like, man, whatever God has for me will not be attached to my striving for it. It will be attached to an ease of just receiving it from the Lord. I think somebody's got a phone call coming in right now. Let's just see if it's the Lord. Ease. If you're frustrated, if you're afraid, if you're worried, or if you're striving, it is harder to be led by God. Take Elijah that we were in with last week, and we'll probably close with to this week about the still small voice. When he, the whole famous scripture of hearing the still small voice. It's not like that's the first time Elijah heard the voice of the Lord when he was taken 40 days to a cave. He had obviously heard the voice of the Lord to know the direction to pray that it wouldn't rain three and a half years. He heard the voice of the Lord to go to the brook called Cherith. He heard the vo voice of the Lord to go to the widow in Zarephath. He was led by the still small voice of the Lord. He knew the voice of the Lord. So it's not like he had never heard the voice and this is the moment he heard it the first time. He was being led by the still small voice of the Lord until a problem was so big that it stressed him out. And when it stressed him out, the Lord just took him on a 40-day vacation. Some of you guys just need to go on vacations. Amen. Come on, grab this right now. Some of you just need to stop because not every problem is your responsibility to fix. People take on way too many problems in life. Let me tell you, as a minister of the gospel, I've had to figure this thing out because people's problems became my problems, and then I'm at home feeling like I got all these problems. Meanwhile, they're your problems. And I had to learn, just like you have to learn, take those problems and be like, God, here, you can have my problems. I'll take your glory. Yeah, I'll take your presence, you know. I'll take your anointing. You take my problems, I take your freedom. This is a good deal. Are you, are you with me right now? Why can we do that? Because of the blood of Jesus. Because you are loved. So you got to learn how to do that. Not every problem requires you to fast 60 days to find the way through. Some things God will just give it to you because you're just walking in it. And then you'll be like, why did you tell me? What is it? Because I love you. 
because I'm here for you, because it's easy. Who in here has ever had the Lord do something that just was easy? You look back. I remember when I was a child growing up, all I ever wanted to do was travel. I lived on a dairy farm. The last thing we ever did was travel. You know what I'm saying? Like our vacation was like, you want to go on vacation for three hours today? I mean, anybody that's ever been held captive as an indentured servant on a dairy farm understands these things. Twice a day, every day, these cows got to be milked. They don't go on vacation. They don't take a break. They're there seven days a week, 306 Christmas morning. Christmas morning. And they're out there. Want to go on vacation for two hours? Yeah, this is great. I was like 22 before I went to Disney World. I mean, at that point, it's awkward when you're running around giggling like a three-year-old, but I didn't care. Finally, a lifelong moment had arrived. When you're crying on It's a Small World After All, people don't understand it, but you finally arrived, you know what I'm saying? What's wrong with you? You're just so happy. Took a long time to get here. I'd heard about it, but now I see it. <laughs> Happiest place on earth. Yeah, it is. Anyways, moving on. But I always, all I ever wanted to do was travel. And when I graduated Bible college, I remember standing in the pulpit that night. I snuck up to the pulpit. You're not supposed to, you're not supposed to touch the pulpit at the river Tampa Bay. And that's the holy grail, you know what I'm saying? Like, you will lose a finger, young man. And so I snuck up there. You know what I'm saying? I graduated. What can they do to me now? I remember slipping up. I actually remember the moment if I looked at it and I was like, and I grabbed it, you know, put fingerprints all up on this thing. And uh, I had the moment with the Lord. He showed me different moments with the, where, he, where he dramatically touched my life the last three years as I stuck it out. And there was a lot of opposition in my life, a lot of opportunity to quit. But looking back, it was still easy, even though it felt hard. <laughs> but the Lord spoke to me and he said, you know, one day you're going to preach here and you're going to go to Oral Roberts, and you're going to get a business degree, and then just kind of showed me that, that, that the door would open for me to travel, and I thought to myself, you know, I've, all I've ever wanted to do is travel, you know, I've never gone anywhere, you know, I mean, as a Tennessee boy, I, passports weren't even, I didn't even know anybody with a passport, you know what I'm saying, like, what is a passport, that's, that's something James Bond has, you have, a, you have a passport, it's got your face on it and everything. Half the people don't even have driver's license with their faces on them in Tennessee. My gosh. So, I mean, I remember when I finally got to go overseas. And I'm like, I went to Africa. I was there for nearly three months. I mean, I was there 89 days. You had a 90-day limit. Barely got out on time. I remember coming back to Tampa and standing in the pulpit of the River Tampa. And the moment I stood up there to preach because I was asked to preach, I grabbed the pulpit. And boom, the Lord took me back three and a half years previous when I snuck up there in the middle of the night and he showed me and he remember, he just showed me, look, remember I told you, you'd preach here, you'd go get your business degree and I would open a door for you to travel. And here I just came back from Africa, saw a mass crusade, saw miracles popping out. It was a funny time, you know, everybody's crutches 
going through the crowd, wheelchairs, people shouting glory, hallelujah. I mean, everybody chanting Jesus and jumping and the, the scaffold I'm on is shaking. And it's such a level of faith. I'm like, this is it. The Lord's going to heal me of bad eyesight. So I had contacts at that time, and I was like, man, faith is in this place. I'll never forget the moment I reached up, grabbed a contact, and I threw it out in the field. I was like, Jesus! And then after that, I was like this for the whole night. <laughs> I was so ashamed. I mean, everybody, these people are coming out of wheelchairs, and I can't even get healed of bad eyesight. <laughs> My God, you know. But I stood there when I grabbed it. The Lord showed me the last three years. And, and the interesting thing, what I want to point out, I never told anybody what the Lord said to me that night when I snuck in there. Because, number one, you're not supposed to touch that pulpit. So, you know what I'm saying? I, I want to live, and I want to live well. <laughs> so I never told anybody what the Lord had said to me that night. I just went and walked out. And honestly, in three years, three and a half years of plowing in college and doing everything there, I'd gotten married and everything like that. My, had had Ellie. And so things had changed to where I didn't even think about that moment until the moment I grabbed it. And the overwhelming sense of number one, the blessing it is that many of you will know this in life as you're led by the Spirit, those divine moments when you stand and you know that you have been obedient to the Lord and you're exactly where you're supposed to be exactly when you need to be there. I cannot tell you there is nothing in this world that is greater than that moment right there. The moment where you know I am exactly where it's like divine destiny crashes into you and faithfulness is there and it brings like a wave of faith and anointing upon your life to look at the next mountain and say this mountain will not, will not stand in my way. I will see it through to the completion. And there I was standing and, and, and I hadn't told anybody, hadn't strived for this, hadn't tried to make it happen, never, never even... Tried to, I never even got my passport, you know what I'm saying? Like to go to Africa, I had to go down to Miami at the time and get my passport in a day because I never had a passport. And so all of these things lined up and only at that moment that I realized just following God's voice daily will lead you into the big moments of success that you long to have. But it's the daily obedience and it's the still small voice. It's that unction to function day by day. Because it's not just dramatic things that happen. It's faithfulness that shows forth the rewards of God. Yeah. But you had to be led. And then, as I said, once you're in college, there was all sorts of reasons or opportunities to quit college. Mounting debt. Problems here. You know, all of these things. But you stick it out. Are you willing to be led? And if you're willing to be led, don't let being led turn into striving. Where because God gave you a promise, now you're stressed out and pulling your hair out to produce that promise. I've met people that are just, they try and do everything in the flesh. You can't do it all. What God has called you to do, the key to what God has called you to do is to realize you actually cannot do it on your own. The whole saying, you are enough is fake. You are not enough. You, are not, you have never been enough to do what God has called you to do. You have always needed the Lord. You will always need the Lord. Just grab that and realize the more I lean into that and the ease of being a child in the presence of my father that is the one that encourages me, the one that strengthens me, and the one that anoints me, and the one that gives me the wisdom to navigate what is before me is the healthiest, easiest way to move forward in life. If you believe it, say amen. amen. So let there be an ease to your life. Do not let problems dominate you. Do not let giants mock you. 
do not let the things of the world seem so big and impossible that you turn around and tuck tail and run. Have the boldness to keep walking. And if you have to walk on water, you have a father above that has made it happen once before. He'll do it again. If you have to soar like an eagle, he can, you can mount up with wings like, like an eagle and you can soar above it. Amen. If you have to speak to the mountain and see the mountain just disappear, you speak to the mountain and see it disappear. But there, let there be an ease. And we're talking about being led by God, letting the Lord take captain of your life, so to speak. If you read the word three weeks ago when we started this, there's scripture that identifies how people heard the audible voice of the Lord. When Jesus was baptized, it was an audible voice that said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. When Jesus was on the mountain transfiguration, it was an audible voice. In John chapter 12, when, the Lord, when Jesus prayed, it was an audible voice that spoke. But in John 12, when it spoke, when the Lord spoke, the Bible actually says some argued and said it was merely thunder. Which shows that even though God literally spoke out loud because they did not have a desire to hear him. They were not leaning in to listen to the voice of the Lord. All they heard was thunder. But a person that leaned in heard God. Lean into the things of God. Proverbs 3, lean not on your own understanding, but lean into God. So that if he wants to speak in the thunder, you'll be the one to hear it. Amen. That if he's going to speak and if he's going to reveal something, you'll be the one to get that revelation. You have to have the open heart desire. God, I'll go where you want me to go. Lead me, Father. I'm your sheep. Amen. The audible voice of God. People miss it. People think, man, if God wants me to know something, I'll just know it. Not true. God wants you to know all things, but he says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. With the same God that says, my spirit leads you into all truth. So you can be led there or you can perish in lack of knowledge and the decision is up to you. Am I willing to be led by God? Do I want what he wants me to know? I mean, am I there? Going after God. Or am I hedged up, prideful, arrogant, cocky, and full of myself? It's like when God spoke to Joshua, be, be bold and very courageous. He didn't say be, be cocky and, and full of yourself. <laughs> As many of us think, confidence is that. No, confidence is leaning into God. And even when your flesh is screaming at you, you're like, man, I'm just going to lean. I'm going to go. I'm going to go where you want me to go. Having that openness, then you hear the voice of God. Now, the way God leads his people, Acts chapter 2, when the Spirit of God poured out, the same Spirit that hovered over the deep, the same Spirit all found throughout the Bible, as A.A. Allen used to preach. If you don't believe in the working of the Holy Spirit, starting in Genesis, the Spirit hovered over the deep, just rip it out. And he'd take a Bible and just rip out Genesis. And people were like, you know what I mean? Religious people like, you destroyed the Word of God. Bro, it's a book. They sell them all day long at Barnes and Nobles. It's quiet in here. Look, I'm already hitting your buttons. People are like, don't touch the sacramental book or whatever. It's a book. The voice of the Lord spoke. It was written down, but he speaks to you too. Amen. Thank God for the word. We embrace the word. But he said, just tear it out. And he'd tear it out. Then he'd go into Exodus. The spirit of God hovered over them as a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. If you don't believe in the working of the Holy Spirit, just rip it out. You tear the Bible and people be like, ah. I mean, just religious cows mooing everywhere. Ah. All the beeves manifesting, you know what I'm saying? 
You're welcome. Finally found a way to use that word correctly. But Acts chapter 2, he says, in the last days, I'll pour my spirit upon all flesh. And he said, your old men will dream dreams and your young, young men will see visions. God leads his people through dreams and visions. Who in here has ever had dreams and visions from the Lord that played out before you? Un undeniable. Dreams that you woke up and knew this was not a dream. This was more than a dream. This was instruction. This was revelation. This was prophetic. This was being led. This was knowing what I shouldn't know. This was accessing places that nobody can access, but God gave it to me. Why would God entrust you with it? Because you're his child, because you have an assignment, and that assignment is bring heaven to earth today and redeem the time and push back darkness and stand as bold as a lion and say, devil, you don't get to have this generation. And you don't get to have my family. And you don't get to maneuver how you want to maneuver. And you don't get to stop this to the time in its tracks. My God holds time in his hands. And everything he wants to accomplish will be accomplished. Dreams and visions. But not every dream is a dream of God. Some dreams are stupid dreams. You know they are. But some people, God bless them. Every dream they have has got to be prophetic. Trying to squeeze some nugget from every weird dream you've ever had. Let me give you a point of note. You need to write this down because this will change your life. You want a dream from God. Yeah. Say, I want dreams from God. Then when you go to bed at night, number one, as I said, you got to have a desire to get this. So what does that look like? How do I desire the dreams of God? You shut off the television and you let the last thing that you are ingesting be the word of God. And you let the Spirit of God move through the written word, and you get your pen, and you get your paper, and you clean your nightstand off. Come on, somebody, shakata. <laughs> Preaching to myself right now, you know. Sweat. Take those 18 books you started last year, put them underneath the nightstand, clear it off, and get a fresh start. Amen. Get that notepad there. Get that pen there. And then fill yourself with the Word of God so that when you go to bed, you're not going to bed with a crazy, soulish processing. You're going to bed with peace in your spirit. Amen? Amen. Amen? And you're drifting off to that place so that the last thing you attached yourself to was the realms of the spirit. Then you get a dream, and that dream is more than a dream. Amen. That dream is a God dream. And then you've got your pen in your paper because we always think when we wake up, if it's the Lord, I'll remember it. Rubbish, bro. You're still, it's still 3 o'clock in the morning, okay? Let's be honest here. So you write it down. And I remember I would hear people talk about dreams, 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 prophetic dreams. And I would never have any cool dream whatsoever from the Lord. All my dreams were stupid dreams. And I would be embarrassed. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody's like, I dreamed last night. And then they would happen. It would be prophetic. And then what would you dream? I don't want to talk about it. I mean, I was a watermelon on a skateboard. Like, and don't you dare try and prophesy from that, bro. I'm smart enough to know there ain't no meat in that whatsoever. Okay, watermelon boy just needs to get in the word. And so I, I took that. I remember a man of God said that. Prepare yourself. Prepare yourself. If you want a dream from God, do the preparation. Get real. Get real with God. 
And so I did that, and I would pray, and I'd read the word, and I'd read the word, and I'd read the word, and I put the notebook, and I went to Barnes and Nobles. You know what I'm saying? I bought like you don't just if it's a dream from God, you don't just want some hotel notepad. <laughs> this is a word from God. You got to find the leather-bound journal that you've always seen other people have that looks so cool, and you never had a purpose to have it. Because you're not a diary keeper. You know what I'm saying? Everybody says journal. Bro, I need to. I know. It's all up here, though. <laughs> I remember I went to Barnes & Noble. I shopped. Got me a nice leather-bound journal. Got me a nice pen. Set that thing out. Dream. But it was like three, four, five, six months went by. It wasn't like I just did it one time and I had a dream from God. But then after that, then I would begin to get dreams from the Lord. And the dreams from the Lord, sometimes I would wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning, and rather than a dream, I would wake up, and the Spirit of God would be speaking to me. Like, I mean, like, clear as day. Like, He was sitting in the room with me, and I would just write down. I mean, some messages I still preach today, I received from that. I didn't receive it from watching a YouTube preacher. I didn't receive it from checking the version scripture of the day. I got it because I was so inclined to the Spirit and leaning in that I would be wakened up by the Spirit of God. And I would just write, I mean pages by the Spirit of God that would be revelation flowing. And that's not because I'm a preacher. I wasn't, even not, I wasn't even really a preacher when I started doing this. I was just a dude that wanted the Lord. You can have this. You can get revelation. You can be led to redeem the times that we're in right now. God can give it to you. If you believe it, shout amen. amen. Now, I know it's quiet in here today and people aren't shouting at me right now, but I just take it that you're just all gasping at the level of authority I minister at. <laughs> I'll say whatever I have to say to myself to stay strong. Amen. <laughs> yeah, I haven't shaved the beard yet. I'm not speaking as a child with no authority. Dreams and visions, Acts 2, you'll have them. Let the Lord lead you with that. Now, the area of being led by the Spirit of God is prophecy. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 22 says, rejoice always. Get that in your spirit. First and foremost, rejoice always, amen? Amen. Choose joy. Man, it's tough. Choose joy. It looks dark. Choose joy. Find something to be happy about because other people around you need it too. Don't be a negative Nancy It'll be a downward do- Dave, downward dog, and you're like going into yoga all of a sudden here. And then, isn't that a yoga move? And someone says you do yoga. Yeah, can't you tell? I yeah. Anyways, moving. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing, which is that relational openness to the Spirit. And everything, give thanks. Give thanks. Amen? It's Thanksgiving week, but we should do this every week. We shouldn't need a holiday where pilgrims came to America to remind us to be thankful to the Lord. Amen? Just choose Thanksgiving every single day. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the Spirit. Someone say, don't quench the Spirit. And do not despise prophecies. Test all things. Prophetic words, test them. Some dude comes and says, move to Africa. Bro, buy a two-way ticket and test the waters before you just sell everything and go to Africa, okay? Test all things. Because he could have not been leaning into the Lord when he prophesied. 
Hold fast to what is good and abstain from every form of evil. Now, prophecy is ignored entirely by most people in the body of Christ. And it is abused and perverted by the majority of what is left in the body of Christ. Because many people prophesy from their soul. They prophesy from their own will, what they desire to happen. That's not prophecy. I can desire a lot of things, but that doesn't mean I can prophesy. I can even slap, slap, I prophesy before it, but it doesn't mean I'm prophesying. Are you with me right now? Is this okay? Is everybody following along? you got to understand the difference of if you're going to prophesy, it's coming from your spirit. It's bubbling forth. It's, it's a revelation exploding. It's your mind doesn't know what's coming until it's there. It's prophecy. It's, it's unction of the Spirit of God. It's sometimes where your mind is hesitant. I don't want to say it. I don't want to say it. And then you say it. And it's a release. And when it's released, there's power and there's authority behind it. That's prophetic. Come on. But don't let your understanding of prophetic be what many people have adopted it to be where a lot of what we do with the prophetic, for whatever reason, people love bad news. Just ask the news companies. What do they pump 24-7? Not good things. It's not like they were like, this dog with three legs carries ice cream to children on the in the park. Like That's like a side note. They'll have 18, 8 dead. Woman from 1963 murdered by, I mean, it was like the darkest. You don't even look at the news. You want to ruin your mood? Just pull up the news app. Realize maybe there is no hope. (laughs) I mean, seriously, because the news company figured out the way to make profit and the whole attention is to give bad news because people love bad news. The soul loves bad news. The soul loves depression, loves pity parties, loves sadness, loves oppression, loves that weighty burdenness of hopelessness. And the spirit rejects it and says, get thee away from me. I rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. I have no part of that heaviness. That's not in my life. I don't associate with it. I don't desire it. I cast it off. Talk to the hand. Come on, somebody. (laughs) And bad news. And so what we've seen, I'm just saying it like it is. I mean, what we see is people rise to popularity because they prophesy negativity. And all you got to do is prophesy one negative thing and that negative thing come to pass. And bro, you are the greatest prophet in this generation. (laughs) My God, he said it would happen. Dude, it didn't take a prophet to tell you. That America was looking at dark days. You know what I'm saying? Like three-year-olds know it. (laughs) Are you with me right now? I mean, you're not a prophet just because you can sense things. Everybody has senses. Everybody can process stuff. Everybody can read, hopefully. And if you can't, stick, man, come around. Christoph will teach you. (laughs) He has classes every Tuesday, 1030 to 1130 here. Just started it right now. People just throw out, I'm a prophet. Look at me. I can give bad news. You know, New Testament, in the Old Testament, there was a lot of that, like wild stuff in the prophetic. People walk around naked. Okay, bro, like, please don't be an Old Testament prophet. You'll be in jail. We'll have to bail you out for your prophetic unction. You know what I'm saying? Like, pastor, they threw me in jail again. I'm looking at 19 accounts of exposing myself to, bro, stop. 
We've moved past the Old Testament. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. Things have changed. We're under a new covenant. It's a better way. And what does it say? What does it say about prophecy? I'm just hitting you with the word of God. What does it say about prophecy in the New Testament? It says that it exists to edify. He that prophesies edifies the church. And these people out they're not edifying. They're not building anything up. They're tearing things down. Anybody with hope, they tear it down. They fill you with fear. The prophecy in the New Testament church as any of us can do because the spirit of prophecy is in you because it's the spirit of God is to edify or build someone up. So what is prophecy? It's your friend that came heavy, burdened down, feeling hopeless, and you looked them in the eye and you shook them and said, Thus saith the Lord, I am with you, I am for you, I am in you, I'm throughout you, I will break you through, you will rise above, you are the apple of my eye, you're the cherished one, you will succeed. That's prophecy in the New Testament church. It's a stirring of spirits. It's a divine encouragement. What does the Bible say? Encourage yourself in the Lord. Sometimes you got to prophesy the numero uno. Just prophesy. Work on it in private. If you can't prophesy and stir your own spirit to greater levels, shut up publicly. Grab this, church. Stir up that spirit of God on the inside to where you walk out of your bedroom and you feel so anointed that when you step on a Lego, you don't even wince. Feels good. Glory to God. He bears me up lest I dash my foot. And everybody knows there is no greater pain than stepping on a Lego at six o'clock in the morning. That's prophecy. He who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to all men. 1 Corinthians 14, 3. Prophesy, encourage, and build the church strong. It's not the hour to tear the church down. We have prophets tearing the church down. I'm not here to tear the church down. I'm here to build the church strong. You're the bride of Christ Jesus. You're the cherished one. His blood has washed you and cleansed you and redeemed you. You're seated at the right hand of the Father. You're a joint heir with Christ Jesus. Oh, my mom, don't you know the devil is terrified of you? Stir up that inner man. For greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. Believe it. Speak it. Grab it. Live it. Walk in it. Have it. People trying to give what they don't even have. At least get something, then give something. Right. Stop trying to give what you don't have. Stop listening to somebody else. I'm not, I mean, I'm just hitting it. Bro, I've just heard too many prophetic stuff that's manipulation. Right. It's a manipulative spirit. Yeah. I heard a guy, I'm not moving on. <laughs> Prophecy is not to manipulate you. God doesn't manipulate you. We're going. Well, you got to be led. You got to be willing. God's not here to manipulate and twist your arm into something. You never wake up one day and be like, the Lord forced me to do it. There's always a willingness. 
There's a, there's a willingness involved. There's always many opportunities. That's uncomfortable. God, I don't know that I want to do it. Does he stop loving you if you don't do it? No, he loves you. Come on. So you're trying to earn his love. Grab that too. I got to earn his love. He just loves you. You said no to half of the things he told you to do because it was uncomfortable. But welcome to the club. The boldest of every generation that prides themselves and preaches like they don't ever do it. They've done it. I don't know about that. I don't want to say that. But does God stop loving you? He loves you, man. He loves you. But stir up that willingness. And that's why faithfulness is so key. Because the longer you choose to be led by God, the greater the rewards multiply in your life. And the longer the track record to look back on and realize everything he's always asked me to do, even if it seemed abnormal, turned out to be the best course of action. Some things he had me prep for that I didn't understand why I'm prepped for, three months later became very evident why I was prepped for it. Because the Lord is on my side. And if the Lord is on my side, I'll be led by the Spirit of God. For as many as are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. Amen? Am I preaching to anybody today right now? We're talking about another way the Lord leads us is Elijah with the still small voice. That's literally accessible every day, every moment. God will speak to you about everything. God will tell you a joke. Anybody in here ever had the Lord give you a joke before? Two of us. See, you're not even leaning into this. Rise up in the morning, God says something funny to you. It's awesome. The Lord has a great sense of humor. The Bible says he sits in the heavens and he laughs. He's up there belly laughing. People are like, the Lord's stressed right now. Let me tell you, it's dark. I don't know what he's going to do. He's laughing. He's laughing right now. He is not stressed at all. Let the Lord give you a joke. And if you can't hear the Lord's voice, we'll pull Otto on you. (laughs) Otto will give you a very dry joke. And then any joke you hear after that will be so much better. (laughs) I love you, Otto. Still small voice. But the Lord will literally speak to you because he is not a man. He's not tired. He's not busy. People always text me, Pastor, I know you're busy, but, like, just leave the I know you're busy part off. It's like you're prophesying I'm always going to be busy. Just ask what you want to ask. And if I respond, I respond. If I don't, it's probably because I didn't see the text message, not because I'm stonewalling you. Right? People are always like, I know you're busy. People are busy. We're always so sensitive to everybody being busy. And you go to the Lord that way. Honey, I know that you're busy. Like, Like God's up there like, bro, I'm just a little busy right now. I mean, have you seen... See what's happening in Australia? You want, you want what? Direction? Whether you should eat at Hardee's or McDonald's? Neither. Neither. You're welcome. Like, you can talk to God. You can just have small talk with the Lord. He'll talk to you. I love what Pastor Jeff says. You can't hear the voice of the Lord. All you got to do is say, I love you. And then what does he always say back? I love you too. And then you hear the voice of the Lord, and then you just carry on the conversation. What are you doing right now, God? You know, ruling the world. What are you doing? You know, stuff. Raising kings up, bringing kings down. Cool, 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 cool. I'm having breakfast. Thank you, Lord, for pigs, number one. I know we weren't supposed to eat them previously, but now I feel like there's a green light. On this generation for it, and I just want to thank you for that change, that shift. 
because bacon is good. Can I get a witness? Thank you for that slight shift there, you know what I'm saying? I mean, we don't eat horse. I still agree with that all the way, Lord. But pig, yum, 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 yum. <laughs> Thank God. He'll talk to you. But the more you adapt to listening to the voice of the Lord and the ease. What does that teach you? It teaches you an ease. Because people don't have an ease with talking to the Lord. They've built up within themselves this, this it's like a pomp and circumstance. It's like, I'll only come before the Lord after I've fasted 40 days. After, or with life, major life decisions. But in, in the 103 years I've walked planet Earth, I've gained a lot of wisdom. <laughs> People didn't even get it. People were like, Father time here, you know. In the years I've walked the earth, I actually began to realize where, what we perceive as major moments are not always major moments. Most of life's greatest moments are the moments you didn't perceive to be big. And so it's the daily. It's leaning into the Lord daily. That's the most important part. Because if you're like, I'll lean into the Lord when I graduate college and he'll tell me where to go. Well, lean into the Lord right now. I'll lean into the Lord whenever I'm, you know, when I, I find someone, sparks are flying, I'll lean in then and see if it's the right one. Just lean in now, and you'll actually perceive all the wrong ones and get the right one, and it will be an ease to it. Come on, somebody. If you lean into God and you just let every day have this ease and you're talking to the Lord, then you'll be led by the Spirit every day. And being led by the Spirit every day makes you the sons of God. The sons of God walk in power and dominion. They carry authority in every generation. Choose this way. It is the best life you'll ever have. Let God lead you, but lean into it. And then in this capacity, this goes back to the desire part. You, what do you desire from God? Because the Bible says that he will give you the desires of your heart, does it not? What does it say? Delight yourself in the Lord. Come on, somebody. And he will give you the desires of your heart. That's such a promise from God that should fill everybody in here with wild excitement. You mean if I be a Mary and sit at the feet of Jesus, if I talk to the Lord at breakfast time, if I just have this, then he will give me the desires, the desires that I'm scared to even tell anybody about? He'll give me those desires? Yes, he will. And when he does, he will do it in front of man so that man will see that God is with you, God is for you, and he loves you because he will fill them with a hope in the future too. And so he'll give you the desires. What do you desire right now? Come on, church. What are you desiring? Stir that expectation up. Dive in the word of God with the understanding that every promise in this Bible is a promise I can access. That every word ever uttered to anybody that ever stepped into something is accessible to me because I am the favored son of God. Or daughter, if you prefer. Ladies. <laughs> And I remember this when I was when I was in in Hawaii when we had my wife came up with it. It was entirely her idea, not mine at all. She was like, "Okay, I'm joking. It was my idea. Go to Hawaii and start a hot dog cart business. We called it Hungry Ellie's. I sold hot dogs on Sunset Beach in Hawaii. I sold a hot dog to John Locke off of Lost. 
Yeah, I did. I don't know his real name, so I just called him John Locke off of Lost. <laughs> I know he's an actor. I know he has a real personality, but you're John Locke, and I don't like you because you're weird on the show. <laughs> but you can have a hot dog, but that will be $10 for you because I know you have money. I've seen it. That's an expensive hot dog. <coughs> Cough it up. <laughs> Business. You know what I'm saying? You got to recognize your clientele. Anyways, I'm selling hot dogs in Hawaii. It's not really going that well for me. <laughs> Sometimes we can miss the Lord occasionally. But it was a glorious adventure that none of you can say you ever did. I promise you, you'll never, ever meet another person that has the same testimony. I started a hot dog business in Hawaii. I'm the only guy. I'm unique in every way. Amen. Amen. So I'm there, struggling, <laughs> and barely get off the island. But before I left the island, I had an opportunity to meet Norval Hayes. He was a great minister of the gospel, really of the previous generation. But he just recently passed away. I mean, like maybe two, three years ago, I think. He outlived his second wife, I believe. And so Norval Hayes was a minister of the gospel known for deliverance ministry, casting demons out. Remember when he came to the River Tampa when I was in Bible school? Great minister, based out of Tennessee. But I got a chance to meet him because he liked fried foods, and so we picked up fried KFC and went and visited him. Went to his condo, beautiful condo right downtown Oahu, overlooking you know, Waikiki Beach. And I'm talking to him, and he said, he said to me, you know, he was probably 83, 84, 85 at this time. He said, I want to tell you something. He said, people think that the Lord will just speak to you about anything that you need to know. But he said, you've got to lean into God in certain areas. He said, it's the areas that you lean into God that you get the direction. And when you lean in for that and you ask for that, God will begin to speak to you about it. So let me give you an example. He said, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a minister of the gospel. He said, I know, you've been, you've been to our church, I know about you, I've heard about you as a Tennessee boy. And he said, well, I was in a city, and he said, I flew in, I believe he said, or maybe drove in. He said, I was in the car driving, and there was a driver driving the car, and I heard the voice of the Lord say, turn left up here. And the driver was going to turn right to go to the church. And the driver said, no, the church is right. He said, I know, it'll only take a moment, just turn left. He didn't know. But he turned left and driving downtown, looks over, there's a lot with a for sale by owner sign. And he, he, he has his guy with him. He says, call the number, we're, gonna, we're supposed to buy that. The Lord spoke to me, we're, we're going to buy that property. So his friend, his, his worker calls, negotiates, zero money, out of pocket, no money. We have a contract for this land, we will purchase it. And it's X amount of days, I think it was 90 days, for I think he said $300,000. And so $300,000, we will purchase this property, and in 90 days, we will close. Well, he goes on to the church, preaches a message, goes back, traveling on, forgets about it. And he said, I lived like this. He said, I forgot about it. I didn't, I mean, it was like three minutes of my day. And I just went on preaching, following my assignment. I'm a preacher of the gospel. He said, one day, our office gets a call. Do you own this property? Oh, let me look it up. They look it up. Yeah, we have it under contract. Scheduled to close where a developer is coming into the city and would like to purchase it for $2 million. Is that an adequate price? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, let me, let me pray about it. Uh, yeah. $300,000, $1.7 million profit. 
Two months later, never even exchanged money. At the closing, the money's wired to them, 300000 to them to cover the contract and $1.7 million to him. How do you do it? You've got to lean in. What do you desire? He said, you've got to lean into the Lord in certain areas. People think God will just speak to you. Like one day he'll give you a stock. He ain't going to give you a stock until you've leaned into the stock market. And been like, God, lead me in this. This is the unction that I'm feeling. This is the area that I'm praying and seeking wisdom in. He's not going to give you, I, one day I'm just going to be a healing evangelist. One day I'm going to be, you got to lean into this. I'm going to the nations, but you've never left town. You have to lean into it. If your only invitation is a homeless shelter 50 states away from us now, you're getting on a plane, you're flying there, and you're preaching to three homeless people because you're leaning into that assignment. I will not, I will not miss it. God, I don't need the big. Do not despise the days of small beginnings. But it will not remain small. It begins a seed. But the faithfulness to hear the voice of the Lord day after day and water it with faith and expectation and say, yes, God, yes, God, yes, God, yes, God. I choose you again. We'll take the small and people will find you later down the road and say, how did you ever get here? It was overnight, but it wasn't overnight. But it was easy. It's impossible. And yet it's easy. Because when the Lord is involved in it, impossible things happen all the time. He specializes in this. Come on, somebody. I'm preaching better than you're grabbing it, but that's all right. I'm the one feeding myself right now. Let the still small voice of the Lord speak to you. Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him. And he will direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Let the Lord lead you. Every head bowed, every eye closed this morning. Thanks for listening to the River Claremont Podcast. If you'd like to partner with us in seeing lives touched and changed by the love and power of Jesus, you can give online at www.riverclaremont.com. Your prayers and financial support are changing lives.